0: Hello, everyone. This is Manchester is Burning for February the 7th, 2021. Y'all, we're coming at you from the ACL in Georgia, in the USA. It has been a momentous, memorable day in the FAWSL. It has been a memorable day, and we are going to have features this week to talk about it in detail and so forth. So I'm very, very excited about that. Remember y'all, we have a contest. We got to change the name of this thing. We really do y'all. We, we got to change it. We cannot be Manchester's burning anymore. We got to change the name. We are doing FAWSL focused only. We are doing the top four teams in the league. I've already mentioned what they are, but if I go through it again, it's going to be your Chelsea, your Manchester United, your Manchester city and your Arsenal women's teams. You got to give us a new name. I'm giving out a $50 Amazon gift card, y'all, and an opportunity to jump on this program to be able to talk about your club in detail. Follow Manchester's Burning, that's the current name, on Twitter, DM me, please send me a reply to our tweet, something, all right? We're running out of time. I can't keep doing this. I'm... Now, the other thing, my lawyers, my lawyers do not like Barclays as a name for our podcast, Okay. Our lawyers have told us, no, don't do that. Everyone, most everybody has sent in their, their thing saying Barclays something, 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 something. No, I can't use it. As much as I want them as a sponsor, can't use it. Sorry, got to take it out, all right? Those of you who did not put Barclays in your submission, you're good to go. All right, so let's get to it. Tomorrow, we're going to have, uh, we have Mark back from the Barmy Army to talk about United. We're going to talk about, we'll talk with Emma from the Man City women's fan cast uh tomorrow to talk about the game against arsenal but today for today we have rob Bradley he is the senior editor cfcw social and he is here to talk about chelsea this is our first feature rob to talk about the chelsea women's team welcome aboard rob
1: yeah thank you very much for having me i'm delighted to be here representing my club
0: Oh excellent excellent we are delighted to have you uh we are so definitely delighted to have you here so I want to talk about two it's talk about the week the last week for Chelsea it's it it, and and I and dare I say given the results from the last week it's been like a roller coaster right
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so something like that
0: so let's start let's go back a midweek let's go back midweek uh Chelsea was in the uh, the the Conti Cup, the domestic league cup uh, semi-final against West Ham, that turned out to be a 6-0 win for Chelsea. How do you think that match went? I know it was 6-0, but dig, let's dig a little bit deeper. How did that match go midweek against uh, the Hammers?
1: Um, I mean, I have to say there was a bit of an interesting subplot underneath the game as well in that, just about 24 hours beforehand, there were rumours of Emma Hayes being wanted for the AFC Wimbledon men's job. And uh, I do what I first want to start by saying, I think her response was absolutely tremendous. Um, it is important to recognise that women's football and men's football, although they are the same, uh, they are the same sport, but they need to be treated as equal entities. And so often they're not. And it's treated as being some sort of you know thing to aspire to be involved in. At the end of the day, Chelsea have world-class players. They have a world-class manager. And with the greatest respect for AFC Wimbledon, it's going to take some, you know, it's going to take a plum job for Emma Hayes to say, you know what, I'm going to leave the chance of winning the lot in order to sort of, you know, go to Wimbledon um, or go anywhere. And it's not going to be AFC Wimbledon. Um, so in terms of that, that sort of set the stage quite nicely for the match. I mean, I think West Ham came with an a- aim to try and sort of dig in, sort of, you know, play on the break, try and hold Chelsea out. Conceding after four minutes, um, mm. obviously, that sort of ruins it. A wonderful ball by uh, So Yun, Terrific touch by, um, you know, the world transfer, world record transfer, Penelah Harder. Takes, it, uh, takes a little touch and then brilliant finish. And then from that point on, it kind of felt sort of a bit inevitable what the result was going to be. Um, obviously, Sophie Ingle doubling the lead through a long-range effort that sort of went through the keeper's arms. Normally, she's a very, very good keeper. Um, and again, she had a bit of a mare. Third goal, straight to Panilla Harder. Harder's a good enough player not to miss those. Fourth goal, Frank Kirby, brilliance down the right-hand side. Pulled it across and Beth England does what Beth England does. Fifth goal, again, more difficulty from the keeper. It was a cross that she couldn't hold on to. Came back, Kirby's on hand just to end her goal drought. And then the sixth goal, I mean, just brilliance from Panilla Harder. Moving away from a couple of players and just slaloming away and putting it into the fucking as easy as you like. At the end of the day, it's, as soon as Chelsea went a couple of goals up, there was only one winner of that game. And it was there were periods, especially in the second half, when Chelsea really dropped the intensity, dropped the tempo, and you could tell Emma was annoyed. And they made subs to try and change the approach and change the sort of mentality. Um, and I just don't think, you know, I, I don't think it really, you know, 6-0, you have many complaints, but it's clear Emma, you know, demands perfection throughout, and that's understandable because she's a top-top manager. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect game, even though we did win 6-0. But then again, it's very difficult to get something like a perfect game. So, you know, we've got a final against Bristol City women. They will, you know, no doubt employ a similar sort of mentality of trying to stay in there and hold on for as long as possible. And it's up to Chelsea now just to defend the trophy and to finish what they started. In most matches that I've seen Chelsea
0: play, what I've seen them attempt to do, and tell me if I'm wrong, Rob, that this is their plan, their plan is to strike early and to try to get that very first goal as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And they do all, it's, it appears, now again, I could be wrong. It appears that they they try to do like long balls down the middle or long balls down the flanks in order to get as close to striking early towards the opponent's goal as possible. Is that typically their strategy to strike early, go fast, go hard as quickly as possible to get that first goal hopefully as quickly as possible?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of speed in the team. There's a lot of width. There's a lot of quality and Chelsea ultimately work on a basis that, you know, if they can get the first one, they can go and get a second and go and get a third. And then, you know, the quick salvo of time, bang, 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 opposition team are out of the game. And if you can sort of, you know, do that on a regular basis, then chances are you're going to win quite a lot of games and win them quite quickly. Um, and a lot of the time this season, Chelsea have sort of been able to to do this. So that's a sort of that, that sort of yeah is a pretty fair sort of description. There's a again there's world class players in every position at Chelsea Football Club, and even in the whole squad there is a squad of you know world class senior internationals um, and young talents. So it's it is very much sort of a case where again, again we sort of joke and you joke in some games that the other day in midweek Chelsea could afford to sort of, you know, sub off Beth England and bring on Australia's sort of star Sam Kerr. Or, OK, they'll bring off Gura Wright and then bring on Scotland star Aaron Cuthbert. And it's just sort of, you know, that quality and depth of players, which so few sides in the world uh, game have. And it also
0: appears that, the, that Chelsea doesn't really try to play more of a possession game. It's more around the lines of, you know, just really, you know, it's quick strike offense rather than like let's say other teams that like will will try to play it uh, as a possession based game and try to break teams down. They're just what Chelsea seems to do, which is rather entertaining, mind you. Is to just strike down the middle, strike down the sides, get the get a long ball to somebody uh, mm-hmm. to to strike early, and and that really I think puts, you know, I, I like that type of strategy because it really puts teams on the back foot immediately, and once you get that early goal and you saw it on West Ham's faces, you saw when that first couple of goals went in, that was, that was game set match using a tennis term. It was lights out. It was over. Uh, Hmm. And and as you said, it was inevitable at that point, but talk about, so you mentioned though, that, that Emma Hayes, the manager of the team, that she's a perfectionist, top class managers are, we've seen that over and over again. So she wasn't, she wasn't happy with the intensity at some point that there was some leveling off of that. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the second half, obviously it's difficult at four nil up. Um, and I'm going to, you know, I'll be honest. It's difficult. You often see a lot of games where a team will have an unbelievable first half will score four or five or six goals and then won't score many in the second half. And that's just due to the nature of football. Mm-hmm. It's hard you, you go in and you say, right, it's still nil nil, but it's really hard to, you know, play like that. And ultimately if the mm-hmm. opposition team aren't, you know, pressing like that, it's hard to take that approach. Now, there was certainly a period where Chelsea were just really sloppy on the ball. Players that are normally very composed were giving the ball away needlessly. There was a lot of um, sort of, you know, issues. And Catherine Berger, who normally is quite a safe pair of hands in goal was sloppy in her distribution. Um, and she made a couple of very good saves. There was one particular unbelievable tack from a uh, tackle from Magdalene Eriksson at that point, sort of, you could tell Emma had had enough and it's sort of almost sending for the cavalry on the bench. She brought off, and made sort of a whole raft of changes to bring players on, and that sort of snapped everyone back to to mentality, really. Um, but it's important to it's important to say that ultimately, you know, at four 0 up, I can kind of understand why there is that sort of issue, if that makes sense, and why that sort of thing. But Emma Hayes, being the manager that she is, you know, she will she will demand that her team gives one hundred percent every single minute of every game, mm-hmm. and. If they don't, then well, you know, it's very, very tough for it's very tough for players to stick around at Chelsea um, that don't sort of prescribe to that philosophy. So let's move
0: on to today. Uh, so Chelsea played against Brighton, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a home match. And the game was a far different result, Rob, than what happened on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What happened today? What?
1: So, I think there was a couple of um, things today. Number one, and I'd like to first and foremost sort of say this, cause it, it needs to be said. Brighton, they came with a game plan and they put it to absolute magnificence. I can't praise them enough. Young Maya Leticia at fullback looks like she's going to be an unbelievable talent in the future. The whole Brighton back line played a blinder. The keeper made a number of brilliant saves. Um, The referee at times there were some questionable decisions, in particular, sort of, you know, a couple of ones that could have been handballs. And to an extent, there was a bit of being unlucky. Chelsea did clip the woodwork a couple of times. And, you know, there are on other days, you sort of say it when you're, you know, winning well and you're a couple of goals up, the ones that come off the woodwork sort of end up going, um, the ones off the woodwork end up sort of uh, going, um, end up sort of going in. And, if they uh, sort of you know aren't an issue later on it sort of you know you're you're okay a couple of goals up but if you you know if you're a couple of goals up they sort of go in directly and they sort of go in off the post or don't come back off the post however if they don't then you know you're obviously in a difficult situation now chelsea scored early and i think a lot of chelsea players thought after they scored early, there was an element of arrogance in that they thought as soon as they scored, there might have been a bit of arrogance and saying, like, you know, all right, we're going to go and storm and steamroll this. Brighton, to their credit, did not let their heads drop. And as a result of that, you know, they got a chance. They came back up the other end and scored sort of, you know, quite a superb um, sort of goal from a corner, a good corner in and good header back across goal. It was poor defending, certainly, but, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. At the same time, you looked at it and you thought that, hang on, this is a sort of, you know, you kind of expected Chelsea just to sort of go up a gear again. Mm -hmm. And they had a few half chances, but they Mm -hmm. just didn't really do that. And ultimately, you know, by not really doing that, there was sort of a bit of an issue, really, I suppose, Mm -hmm. in that you... I'm trying to think how you sort of say it you sort of expected the player to, you expected Chelsea just to go up a gear and they didn't go up a gear. And they sort of just kept playing at the same tempo and then half-time happened and it was 1-1. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, you sort of just expected them to go up a gear and they didn't go up a gear. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, it sort of went until and they made changes and you expected them to go up a gear. And they just didn't go up a gear,
0: right? Right. And
1: um, right. yeah, in the end, it sort of it was a very strange moment because the ball came all the way back to, um, the, the ball came all the way back to sort of Chelsea time and time again, mm-hmm. and they just didn't put it away. And mm-hmm. Canila harder had an effort that she flicked, and that went in off the post, and that hit the post and came back to the keeper. And Beth England had an effort that clipped the bar. And then a strange, strange situation, you had a sort of, you know, you went up the other end and um, I'm trying to, talk. how do you sort of phrase it? You expect, you almost just expected that Chelsea were going to turn it around and then suddenly Brighton got a corner mm-hmm. and it was 2-1. <laughs> right.
0: Um, It must've been completely shocking for, for you to watch. So for you, for you American folks here to listen to this, because Rob, what you may not know is that two thirds of our audience are from the U S so they, they may not be totally familiar with, with Chelsea's run up until today, up until their run today, it won. They had not won. They had been unbeaten in the league in 33 straight matches going into today's match. And there was this sort of sense though, Rob, when I was watching this match, when, when Kerr hit it, got that goal, hitting it off the crossbar in the fifth minute, that, yeah, I mean, you may, I think you said it great, that, that maybe there was this like, okay, here we go again, we're going to roll. We're going to yeah. roll it like every other team we've been rolling for the last, you know, four weeks, uh, rolling 6-0, 4-0, whatever. And, but the thing was, is that you gave credit to Brighton, and Brighton really deserved a lot of credit. I totally agree, because they the notes I put down were their defending was full of energy. They were resolute. They were organized. They didn't. And you said it very well too. I, I, I think they didn't, when they they gave up the goal, they obviously didn't bow their heads and they they didn't, they were not, they were not going to take the knee, again at that point um that they were like okay we're still gonna play our 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 match i always tell everyone out there that you know i think it's so important to get that first goal to get that momentum get that first goal in but brighton didn't budge after giving up that first goal and they got and they got that second that set piece in the eighth minute um and and it was you know it was um you know, it drew this, drew this thing and it made it interesting. And, and uh, I was flipping back one game to another one game to another. And I was like, and I heard, wait, wait a minute. It's one, one at, at Chelsea. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't, wasn't expecting that. I don't think anyone was expecting that. I think even the, including as you, I think you're pointing out the players on the pitch on the Chelsea side weren't expecting it. Um, and I just felt like Chelsea. Yeah. They, they're, they're almost this expectation, as you say, that they were going to, somehow we're going to figure it out and pull this thing out and and we're going to get we're going to roll we won't roll four nil we'll just roll four one and it didn't happen and there was a lot of sloppiness uh it seemed like on the offensive side they would give, gave the ball away much more often than they usually do um but these ran up against a defense that was pretty resolute that mm. they couldn't you know um you know they couldn't get solid opportunities i want to read you this and I want to, want your response, this Rob. This is from the NWSL Analytica. They sent out a tweet right after the match is over. After- uh, I've
1: seen. Uh, I think I've seen
0: this one. All right, I'm sure you yeah, have because I think everyone's seen this one. All right, so here we go. I'm a stats guy. Everyone here's listening to this. Possession, 76% to 24 in favor of Chelsea. Shots on goal on target, seven to two. Okay, but 29 to three. I think that's a very important stat, Rob. 29 shots, when only seven on target. Duels one, 58% to 42. Aerial duels one, 67 to 33, all in favor of Chelsea. 694 passes to 225, again in favor of Chelsea. Passing accuracy 88% to 53%, in favor of Chelsea. Uh, passing accuracy in the opponent's half 84% to 41. Total crosses 50 to five, in favor of Chelsea tackles one percentage 93 to 56 this is all from uh nwsl analytica from opta rob that's the statistical dominance but do, do these numbers do these numbers really tell the story of what happened
1: there is a there is a quote i'd like to use here from former chelsea chelsea men's manager jose Mourinho. the people that use stats to analyze football do not understand football now i don't 100 percent agree with this but i have to make a point at the end of the day, there is one key thing that matters, and it's the scoreline in that top left hand right. corner. Right. Um, I, you know, Chelsea created a, a lot of chances. I'm not going to deny it, but the finishing was poor. The keeper played well. But when you have that level, that number of chances, and that number of um, sort of, you know, that number of attempts, you have to do much, much better um, in front of goal. They should have had the game. Buried, are dead and buried um, and with the game not dead and buried there's always a chance and ultimately you know I I, will, I, I won't blame Carly Telford too much because it's not Carly Telford's uh, Carly Telford has been a great servant for Chelsea FC and it was a poor goal from a corner it was poor from her mm-hmm. uh, at the corner but ultimately there are things that, that in the lead up to the corner that you should have done better with mm-hmm. um, and ultimately you have to look at these sort of things and say that is it the end of the day for Chelsea is it the end of um is it the end of uh sort of you know is it the end of everything it's the end of the unbeaten run yes is it the end of the world no they will play a lot worse than that and win matches this season um due to the nature of football they did not play badly at times I think you know I after the game I was a bit annoyed and I think we all, you know all were realistically with the nature of sort of you know losing such a long run but you look at the situation and you think hang on we're still top of the league we've got a big game on Wednesday against Arsenal but win that suddenly you know you go four points clear and the Manchester derby next week one of those teams will drop points again um and it's sort of still all in our own hands so yeah a philosophical sort of point of view the run was going to end at some point and you know I'm glad it was against a team like Brighton where mm-hmm. we look at it and sort of say actually you know there was a lot on there that on another day it could have gone our way then it being against sort of, you know a game against city or against an arsenal where they just did a complete number on us and completely dominated it and deserved sort of to and take it because i think that would have been a much more bitter pill to swallow
0: certainly yes it certainly would it would have been in one of the previous uh episodes on this podcast i talked about um i, I'm, I talked about an interesting statistic involving chelsea which was um that the the post shot expected goals per shot on target against Chelsea's goaltenders was 0.51, uh, which is the highest uh, by far going into this match uh, in the league by far, um, hmm. and so th- that was an indicator of. And then I said, you know, but don't worry, don't worry because you know, yeah, that, that number is very, very high, meaning that the percentage of that shot going in based on the goaltender's ability to even save that shot is remarkably high. I mean, Mm -hmm. in context, Manchester city and Arsenal are 0.26, uh, on that same number. But then I said, Chelsea doesn't give up many shots. (laughs) So, uh, particularly shots on target, but, uh, Emma Hayes said after the match, quote, of course, I'm disappointed to lose the game. I think the Manchester United result today and our result serves as a reminder that if you're not on it in this league, then you can be turned over. Mm. She further on went on to say this. We've given away two set piece goals, which I don't think we have in my my whole time here. So extremely poor goals.
1: Mm.
0: What are your thoughts about those comments?
1: Uh, I don't disagree. I, you know, I, I I find it very hard a lot of the time to disagree with anything Emma Hayes says, I'll be honest. I'm very much a big Emma Hayes fan. She has earned the respect of everyone in the in WSL for a reason. She's earned the respectable Chelsea fans. She is the best manager in the league. She's arguably in the top three managers in the women's global world, maybe even number one. Um, conceding goals from set pieces is always frustrating for a fan because you look at it, and you always you know there's that free player. You just see them free in the box, and you think it's coming to them, and if it comes mm-hmm. to them, they're scoring. And right. As soon as that first... Ironically, as soon as our one happened, I said goal, because I could see Sam Kerr just free at the back post, and mm-hmm. as soon as the first Brighton one happened, I said goal, because I could see Whelan free in the middle of the box. Um, it's just sort of one of those things, really, but you will concede goals like that, but I trust Emma. She is such a you know, very good manager that it won't happen again. She will not let it happen again. She will be there. She will be drilling those players and she will be making them, making them follow what they need to do. She will be drilling it into their heads about conceding those sort of goals. She is at the best, her perfection. That's what makes her such a good manager. She, you know, even when they, i talked with the when we were six and up the other day, you could hear her barking orders on the touchline. And this is what makes her such a good manager. There is nothing, nothing is ever good enough. It's only good enough when you get to the 90 minutes and you've got the win. And ultimately today, because Mm -hmm. Jeff didn't get that result, there was always going to be, you know, some choice comments from Hay. Mm -hmm. Now, I I think, you know, ultimately you won't see it again because she, you know, will make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: I think this, her comment about the, the, reminder that if you're not on it in this league then you can be turned over is a critical one for her and a very important one because the complaint that that a lot of American fans here and I'm sure some fans in the UK have about the league right now is that you've got these giant teams that just roll people and then there's no competitive balance in the league you have these top top teams just rolling people six nil four nil five nil and there's not enough competitive balance I've had people can tell me that the the league is boring and so forth but today with the results the United result that Emma Hayes is mentioning and this result I think gives a count gives a counterpoint and also gives an indication that this league is beginning to transform what do you think about that Rob?
1: Yeah and I think I've always said for a Long, long time that there is a situation now in the WSL, which is ultimately, you know, is a three person, it is a three-person, it is a three-team league or has been up till now. This year, probably a four-team league with United. You've got the four teams at the very top of it that are scrapping for the title. Then you've got a group of teams underneath it, you like to get Everton's and Readings that are growing really nicely and Tottenham as well that are growing and they're going to start to take scalps but they're just not there on the consistency mm-hmm. and then you've got some teams at the sort of you know at the very bottom of the league that are just sort of you know not making the numbers up that's not very fair on them but they're all scrapping you know they're aiming to get to the points to avoid relegation and to mm-hmm. stay up now because of the situation of it you do see some very, very high results because ultimately teams have different resources. And, you know, I'm not going to try and, you know, I'm not going to sit and say that that doesn't happen in other leagues. You look at PSG's results traditionally in, say, Mm -hmm. the league compared to other sides. You look last week in the Premier League with Southampton losing 9-0 to Manchester United. Results like that do happen. They are a bit more frequent in the WSL, but it is good to see that teams like, you know, Mm -hmm. from a pure neutral perspective, I looked at it today and I thought, Actually, actually, you know, looking back on it, these two results are good for the mm-hmm. a the title race and b the longer term sort of um, development of it because it shows the other clubs that you can go to places like Kings Medal, you can go to places like Lay Sports Village, and take the result. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, that's not something that, that that sort of you know has happened in the past. Sure. Obviously and- it's a rare situation for Chelsea, but I um you know uh, uh, looking back on it from a more objective point of view, having had a few hours to sit on it, it's better. Uh, it's much better to sort of see that and to see that there is going to be a proper title race this year, because that will make it more entertaining for the fans and mm-hmm. it will make them be more interested in and ultimately it's better than the league than say a team running away from it at sort of you know 20-30 points clear, which you know, in the past we've seen WSL sort of be over effectively by March because a team is 10 or 15 points clear and the top teams drop points. So mm-hmm. with such infrequency, there's no real chance of it sort of being made up. Um, so yeah, that would be my immediate thoughts on, on, on that sort of situation.
0: So you mentioned that there is a title race and and there definitely is. And that's a great segue into, into the final, the final part of this, this podcast for today is, you have now, we have three teams because of the results of the United lost Reading two to Reading 2-0. City beat Arsenal 2-1. What it essentially did was created this scenario. A scenario in which two teams are at the top, tied on point, 32, but not tied on goal differential. Chelsea's still on top on goal differential. There's also a game in hand, I believe. Um, and then City, by nature of their win, they're sitting on 30 because I mean, they they got the win, Chelsea and United didn't pick up any points today so now the top three teams are now divided by two points going into the next round of matches that is a title race i mean there's no there's no two ways about it um and where it was probably maybe thought you know a week ago that eventually chelsea's just going to run away with this thing because maybe united doesn't have everything it takes on a consistent basis cities dropped too many points to teams like Reading in the past maybe maybe won't happen well here we are here we are, y'all, two-point differential of three teams. Now, next match coming up for Chelsea is against Arsenal, who just lost themselves in a what I call a, a must-win for them. If Arsenal was going to stay in the title race, not the, the WCL race, but the title race, they needed to get a result. They didn't get a result against Manchester City today. What do you expect's going to happen? Chelsea-Arsenal coming up on Wednesday.
1: Um. I really would like, I mean, I think you will probably see a reaction from Chelsea. Um, it is notorious that Chelsea, after they tend to sort of drop points, they tend to respond in real emphatic fashion. They did it early in this season after they lost um, the FA Cup game to Everton. Sort of, that was last year's FA Cup game, but were playing it this year due to the strange nature of COVID. Um, and then they proceeded to go on, and uh, I can't remember the next WSL game, but they were played really, really well. It may have even been the 9-0. Um, and they played really, really well and sort of were absolutely brilliant. I expect that you will start to see... You will see Chelsea start quickly. I expect you might see them trying to capitalise on the fact there's a perspective that Arsenal might have a little bit of confidence. I know they've also got injuries as well that's sort of going to be um, sort of a bit of an issue. And you have to sort of, you know, think think about um, sort of that. Chelsea do are very lucky at the minute. And apart, I think, from Neem Charles, who has a minor knock, they do have a pretty fit squad, um, which they need because they're competing on four fronts. So I'd like to think Chelsea can go and get a positive result. Um, I mean, even if they don't, they will still be top of the WSL, but it will make it an even more difficult one. The only Mm -hmm. thing I would say that will then come into their favour is that they do have a superior head-to-head at the moment on all Of the other teams in the sort of quote unquote title race, in that they've beaten and drawn with Manchester United mm-hmm. and beaten Manchester City once. So, right. man, when they go to um, Etihad campus later this year, they will have to sort of City will know they have to get a result and have to win it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I, I would like to think Chelsea could get a result, but you know, I think you will definitely see a reaction from Emma Hayes's team. I think it'll be a much better performance.
0: Okay. And that is coming up on during the week. It is coming up on a Wednesday and it's a, it's, it's now we're at a point now that every match in the season where every match is a big match now. Uh, And today was uh, a day where we saw Lee kind of show his colors in the sense that yeah, y'all, you know, top teams can lose you know on the same day uh and you know we just keep rolling it on and the, and there is competition here and you just can't let up um and because even there are times there are times in football where if you have a good performance you could still lose you could have a bad performance to still win and then you could still and but then you can have a bad performance and then lose and then you could also draw which is the magic of the sport too so y'all out there in the u.s i mean i want to remind you you there is a legitimate title race in the FAWSL. it's a legitimate one you want to look at the prem and everything else I, i'm not sure you're going to have a title race for much longer based on results i can just be honest with you the FAWSL in the US is free on the FA Player, it's free on the Atta Foot Atta Football app for free. Okay. NBC Sports also covers the WSL as well in the United States. So you can watch these games and so forth it's going to be very very competitive coming up rob i really really appreciate your time i have taken way too much of your time uh and so forth but i hope you forgive me and come on back um you know to talk about what happens this coming week uh for the for the chelsea ladies uh rob thank you so much i really appreciate it
1: absolute pleasure thank you very much for having me
0: in closing y'all manchester burning is going to sign out for today i've reminded you Earlier, earlier well, one didn't really remind you. I told y'all, I told y'all that tomorrow we're gonna have uh, Mark from the Barmy Army talk about United Reading, and then we're gonna have Emma coming back from the Manchester City Women's FanCast talk about City and Arsenal that's coming up, um, and we'll have our Arsenal feature later on in the week. That's what we got coming up. So we're gonna close out for today. But we'll remind y'all, know that the light is there. Know the light is around you. Just feel the light, let it hug you. Know and acknowledge that the darkness is out there. We have seen it on social media with some some of the fan reactions, the supposed fan reactions some of these players. Not cool, vile, disgusting. That is part of the darkness that's still out there. We have to acknowledge it. Can't pretend it don't exist. But do not ever let the darkness hug you. If it does, reach out, get help, get support, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And we are going to close this thing out or today. Thank you very much. See you next time.